is Tracy Bauer. I'm Dan Olson. And this is GradCast brought to you by Syracuse University. Welcome to our episode on networking. So today, Dan and I are going to answer the most frequently asked questions that we receive regarding networking. So Tracy, one of the questions that we get all the time is, what are the benefits of networking? Why should I do this? What's the point? A lot of students ask this question because it can be hard to see the benefits when you're first getting started. I like to discuss networking in the sense of there's a spectrum of different benefits that you can receive. Of course, on the one hand, when you try to network with someone, whether that's in person or through LinkedIn, something like that, they may not get back to you. It may be a dead end where the conversation and the relationship doesn't turn into anything helpful for either one of you. On the other end of that spectrum is maybe getting a referral to a job opportunity or getting some sort of opportunity that you're interested in. So the benefits of networking oftentimes exist between that, where it could be giving you um, information about a particular company, industry, um, or path that you're interested in taking, giving you advice about what it's like to work at a company, how to make yourself stand out as an applicant, or what to expect maybe on an interview, or possibly even what are the personalities like of the people that you'd be reporting to or working with in the future. I think the benefits of networking are something that can't be felt immediately, always. Sometimes it's something where you network with somebody and three months later or three years later, you may get back in touch with each other and be asking for more assistance or help. I like to also use this analogy with students. A lot of students are not familiar with Syracuse or Syracuse University prior to attending school at SU. And so oftentimes students will ask students who have gone before them, where should I live? Is there any particular uh, restaurants I should try out or attractions in the area that I should go to? And just like that, you're asking questions to somebody who's already gone and done something ahead of you. And that's what I think networking is really about, getting knowledge from somebody who is at a different point, um, who's further along maybe in their career than you are currently, to just give you some more insight and information for you to use to be an excellent candidate for a position. So another question that we typically get is, Dan, so how do I network as an introvert? A lot of times people talk about introversion as if it were some kind of a liability. I I knew somebody once who used to call introverts, or some introverts anyway, high-functioning introverts, which is hardly a a flattering term. And as an introvert, I I take umbrage to that as an idea. Uh, I, I actually think that introverts are in many cases almost uniquely suited to the task of doing good uh, networking. But part of this question comes about from some of the problems or, or, or bad uh, reputations that networking can have of sort of people gathered around punch bowls wearing lanyards and talking to anybody who will listen and trying to sort of be smarmy and, and to, I don't know, take advantage of other people. And that's not really how I see networking. I really see networking in a very non-cynical way as an opportunity for you to meet somebody who shares interests of yours and who um, could provide mutual benefit. And I do mean mutual. It may be that you can provide a benefit to them. Um, And so I really think of networking in a way that's a lot more like a combination of of learning about something from someone and, uh, and also just relationship building. 
And so it's not about numbers. It's not about aggression. It's not about um, exploitation or taking advantage of or anything like that. It's really about you getting to know somebody who shares an interest and um, and just you know, sort of seeing what happens from there. And that's something I think introverts are really good at. You don't have to work the room. I, I actually went to a conference once, and this is me as an introvert, and I spent nearly the whole time at the conference with one person. We just really hit it off. We really liked each other, and um, we've been in touch ever since, and he's actually been indispensable uh, both to me over the course of time and to students that I've worked with before, some of whom did informational interviewing with him and ended up getting positions. So uh, networking works in ways that you wouldn't expect, and introverts are not only not less suited to the task, but I think absolutely make great uh, kind of partners in the process of networking. So I'd I'd suggest that if you are an introvert, uh, never fear. Do the preparation that will make you feel secure in the process, but you'll you have a great chance of doing a great job of the process. And regardless of whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert, we can help you with strategizing how best you can tackle networking to make it successful for you and even offer some resources that are out there to help you with any particular things that you might be struggling with or finding a little bit more challenging. Absolutely. Another question that I get all the time and that you do probably as well, Tracy, is who do I reach out to? I I know I'm supposed to do this. I have a vague sense of how to do it. But who do I do this process with? When you're networking, I like to think of people in categories. So one of the biggest networking categories that you have as SU students is alumni. We have about 250,000 living alumni and about 145,000, I believe, currently on this day are on LinkedIn. That is a huge amount of people that you could reach out to at many different companies that our students are interested in. A lot of our students want big firms and a lot of our alumni are already working there and can give you advice. In addition to alumni, you should also be reaching out to friends people who have been in your program maybe the year ahead of you or your colleagues in your current year, your peers, maybe some professors. They work with a lot of people who then go on to graduate and work at different places. Maybe some coworkers. If you've interned or held jobs previously, you could reach out to those individuals. You also may have family members to assist. I know a lot of our students do, but if you don't, that's okay. That's just one of our categories. You should also look into professional organizations. Um, In your field, there is a professional society or organization where you can attend conferences, you can attend meetings, and oftentimes there's local chapters in the city, wherever you end up, that you can attend and meet other people who do the type of work that you do um, at different organizations. So you can learn from each other and grow your networking contacts that way. Another place to look would be in your hobbies. So for example, several years ago, many of us at Syracuse University got together to do a triathlon, and I was able to meet many different other people who worked at the university who I never would have met if it wasn't for the fact that we all wanted to swim, bike, and run. So kind of looking at your hobbies, you wouldn't normally look at that as a networking opportunity, but it is a great place to meet other people who have different interests, and you have no idea where that relationship may go personally or professionally. So being open to reaching out to these different types of people, I think will be important and helpful down the road in your career. Another question that we get is, um, I asked someone for a referral 
and they refused. So what should I do? That one's hard. Um, One thing I will say about that one is probably if somebody asked me for a referral, I would refuse too. And that sounds a little rough, a little harsh maybe, but um, if you're a stranger and you ask me for something, let's say $50, I'm not inclined, and neither would you, to hand over that money. I'd have lots of questions. I'd say, um, who are you? Why do you need it? Why are you asking me instead of somebody else? And, and I'm not sure necessarily that you would put it to good use. I think this happens all the time. And so $50 isn't trivial money, but it's a lot less than the tens of thousands of dollars that a company would hand over to somebody and the huge commitment of energy, time, resources that go into an employee at a company. And even if I'm not personally paying that, if I refer you to my boss and we hire you and you or somebody else turns out to be a complete disaster in the workplace and very hard to fire and it's, it's a huge, huge uh, fiasco, I'm not going to look that great to my employer, am I? I'm going to look really like, wow, what's wrong with this guy? And so I am very, very reluctant to do that unless it's somebody who I can really say, this person is worth the effort. This is really going to work out. I have to be very confident about it. Even without, you know, people make hires with trepidation even when they're very careful and go through the process. It's just a risky process. And the reason for networking is to reduce the risk of the employer. And so, you know, going to somebody that you don't know out of context and asking for a referral isn't going to get you very far. And this idea is very unlike the kinds of things that we really want to encourage in people who do this kind of networking. What we really mean is that relationship building and that more indirect way that is very effective. And even though it seems like a very roundabout way, um, works much better and is much easier for people to say yes to. Now, Tracy, if I network, somebody might ask you, if I, if I network, won't it really be like somebody else got me the job? I mean, isn't that a kind of nepotism? No, that's the simple answer. A lot of students are worried and want to get the job completely on their own, but the reality is that people get jobs in so many different ways. And even if someone did you know, uh, get impressed by you and want to refer you to an opening, that does not mean that you are guaranteed to get to the position. I've been referred to many jobs in the past and it helped me to get a little bit more knowledge and maybe even get me an interview, but that didn't mean I I got the job. And in fact, I didn't get the job sometimes. So referring somebody or networking and getting some more insight into the position does not guarantee that you get a position. You still have to interview. You still have to be the best fit for the opportunity. You still have to have the background and qualifications. So networking is just a way for the proper people to know who you are and what you know, what your expertise is in, and it allows them to make a better hiring decision than just something that's based off of a piece of paper like your resume, which doesn't really give the full picture as to who you are and what your accomplishments are like. So no, it's not that that person just got you the job and you did nothing and you did not earn it. You would still be earning the position. And one of the last questions that we get, uh, this is for Dan to answer, is 
no one is getting back to me. I've tried networking. It's, it doesn't work. So what do I do? Obviously, the, the question in that case is, what exactly have you been doing in terms of networking? Sometimes people say, oh, it's not worked. I've tried it. It didn't work. And either they have written to a few people on LinkedIn and said, will you refer me to your company? And I've already described why that is probably ineffective. Or they, um, they may have just connected, you know, clicked. I'd like to add you on LinkedIn to any number of people. And I can tell you that there are... I have over 1,500 connections on LinkedIn, and for the most part, they sit dormant. It's not enough to click on somebody. Um, there are other situations, though, where people really have tried. They've reached out, they've written to a couple of people, and they heard nothing. And I can understand why you know you write to somebody, you think this person's going to be perfect for me, and then they don't reach out, and that's very frustrating. But in reality, um, you may, out of every 20 people, you may only encounter one or two who actually write back to you. And of that one or two, you may still only really get traction with somebody or one person over the course of a dozen or two dozen or even three dozen contacts. So you don't want to robo-contact people. But on the other hand, if you wait for one person to get back to you and then you go to the next person... You could really be here for a long time, and it would not necessarily pan out the way that you want. The other thing is, uh, sometimes you just have to try a variety of methods. So maybe LinkedIn isn't working for you, um, but you can you can find people through a professional organization, as Tracy said. Or maybe you haven't canvassed your family enough to see if there's somebody there who might... Um, who might know somebody. And so there are a lot of unpredictable ways that these things work out. And the trick is, or the key is not to get prematurely frustrated about it. You really have to, to work through the process. You have to put in the time. Uh, another thing about this that's really critical is that you start before the last minute. If it is the month or two months or oh gosh, even three months before the, uh, you know, you graduate from, from Syracuse University and you are just now getting started with it, it's going to be very hard for you to do the kinds of non-transactional, um, relational types of interactions that we're asking you to do. If you say, oh, I just want to get to know you, I just want to hear a bit about your company, and they know that behind the scenes it's actually, oh, May 12th, and you need a job yesterday, they're, they're going to know. They're going to know. But if you start a year in advance, give or take, let's say, uh, you won't have an ask because you can't have an ask. You won't be able to graduate. You won't be able to get the job. And so that just takes the pressure off. Now you have the opportunity of having the non-transactional information-based conversation that, you, that you're hoping to get. And so I think that Trying a variety of things and being patient with the process and starting early enough are three things that I would suggest if networking so far hasn't been working for you. And I think, too, if it's not working for you and it's your first time trying it out, coming to see us and attending some of our other workshops on how to get started with networking asking us for our tip sheets and different things, because as you get started with anything, it can be really confusing. Well, that about wraps up our questions today. These were our most asked questions on networking, and we hope you learned something new and enjoyed hearing from us. We'll be putting out some more podcasts on various topics, and if there's anything you'd like to hear, please get in touch with Dan or myself. 
Enjoy the rest of your day and thank you for listening.